Listeners have inquired, how do you get your partner to open up sexually? You might be ready to push the boundaries and explore, but how do you get the one you love to come along with you? Reed Mialko, sex geek extraordinaire and public speaker, is here to give us some tips. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A. Tis the holiday season, <laughs> and we have a few announcements. We do. A is pregnant. I am not. I'm, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not pregnant. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no one's pregnant. Yay! <laughs> well, you know, unless we wanted to be. Uh, Which is, you know, that's fine. That's yeah, but we, we... Not my thing. Not right our now. thing right now. Okay. Um, okay, but we are holding a holiday beard bobble contest. We found now, these amazing things. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard of them yet, but beard bobble ornaments are like those things that you can put in... So anyone who has like a giant beard in your family... Because that's so trendy oh. right now, even though I hate it. What? Oh, I love it. I hate it. Um, <laughs> it's been, a, it's been a, a thing lately. These are the people I'm dating are bearded men. Uh, anyway, so so... Beard Bobble Ornaments USA on Etsy uh, is making this contest happen. So thank you for that. But they, what do I want to say? They are these amazing ornaments. We're running a contest. If you go to iTunes and write a review and tweet us, Instagram us, email us, do whatever, get in touch media. with us and let tell us know us that you did it. That you did it. We'll put you into the the magic hat. We'll put your name in there and we'll do a drawing on the 9th, on December 9th. You have to get it in by 12 p.m. Pacific on December 9th. We'll announce the winners on the next show. And yeah. uh, of course, we'll notify you. And then we'll send you these amazing beard baubles for that guy in your life that has a beard. Yeah, they're and totally hilarious. So you can go fun. to our site and see the pictures. But uh, and also stay tuned uh, because on the break, we'll give you some discount codes for two really amazing handpicked holiday gifts that that A and I love. I love it. I love mine. Yeah. So, all right. On to our show okay. topic, which is that our listeners are having some problems getting their loved ones to come along. Right. And I don't really have a... Uh, do you have experience? What's your experience with this, T? With like, have you been with someone who was like, no, I'm not going to do that? Or have you ever been that person who's like, hell no? Right. Uh, oh, gosh. I I think that I remember having partners who were inexperienced in certain ways. Like specifically, I think of, you know, way back when in one of my early relationships I said you know I like a good little uh, love pat on my bum <laughs> and uh, you know I say that because because his reaction was oh my god you're into S&M like really? it was and it was like in a critical way like that's that's oh my you know oh my god you're an extremist and I, I was like uh I'm pretty sure I'm that's not sex 101 beat me I'm yeah <laughs> and not only that but now I've you know you, we have our episode about me going to the S&M club and learning what We've it's all about our horizons <laughs> on that front. um yeah but you know and what I learned is it's definitely not about hurting the person um well, only a little yeah I'm kidding but, <laughs> but so so he was very shocked and it but eventually you know he came around and of course then enjoyed it uh but there was initial resistance, I suppose. Um, I think by me being open and non-judgmental, despite him trying to shame me. <laughs> uh, that takes effort. No, but, you know, being confident in what it is that you want. You know, anyway, that's that's the the kind of most clear example I can think of. I can't see over my mic. Hold on a second. You want to see, see my face? I feel like my I'm like hiding behind the... Okay, there we go. You're there you are. Screen. Hi. Um, About oh. those lashes at me. <laughs> Uh, okay. So that's your experience. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like it's just been for like a gradual unfurling of my sexuality as the years go by, but I don't, I, so there have been times in my life for sure when like 
I wasn't open to anal sex, for example. Uh, yeah, and I, I still, to we're going to have a separate show. We've already had a separate show. We're going to have another separate show about that because it <laughs> deserves talking about. So, uh, uh, but anyway, um, so I feel like there was a time in my life where I wasn't open to that, where I probably judged it or I didn't understand or it's like, no, that's just guys trying to. I definitely did. And I, yeah, I had the whole, like, it's the patriarchy trying to right, rape right, me. Right. And then like, it's a very you know, and then thing. slow, like slowly, you know what it was? I think slowly I just heard more and more about it and you live more and it's just around you more. And so it's like, okay, well, I'll give it a, you know, so it's just the environment, I guess. I don't know if it's the environment changed or just my duration within being sexually active and hearing it, uh, hearing that it's, you know, I guess fairly normal and fairly normal. Well, I guess Reed will talk with us about that, but I find that my, yeah, my growth really came with feeling like I could trust the person, you know? Yeah. I mean, the anal sex thing was definitely, I was like, (laughs) you know, so I guess that would be my own resistance, you know? Um, and, and the only way that I sort of was willing is with someone who really knew what they were doing and, and, and you're right, feeling like it was Which more common. Which is few and far between. And so, and then, you know, see, because my other thing is I've never been with a, I've never been with a partner who is like closed down sexually, really. Right. We're talking about, and I think so this I show is even, about people who are really, who are really coming from a, a place of not having a sexual identity or maybe haven't explored enough. Yeah. Just, yeah. Or, or, or just discomfort, uh, discomfort with their sexuality or shame or. But so I don't know. So that's why I'm like, I don't really know how to advise, you know, which is why we're bringing Reed on. Well, I have some ideas, but I think sure. Reed yeah. will help us get get deeper into it. Um, so Reed. Yeah, let's hear a little bit about why we brought him on. Reed. Reed is uh, quite a character. He travels, he travels the country teaching, coaching, consulting people about basically how they can have better sex and deepen their relationships. Ooh la la. And he actually he became famous for launching these cuddle parties across the country several years ago. And then he he, since then has become widely known for his sex talk tour on college campuses and which also landed him at Yale and Columbia and Brown. And he's been on NPR, Sirius's Maxim Radio, GQ, Cosmo, everywhere, People, Newsweek, everywhere. (laughs) I could have used a cuddle party in college. I I could have, too. (laughs) I needed more cuddling and there wasn't enough of it going on because I still had my own complications around sexuality. There you go. So uh, Reed Miyako is he's he's a sex geek. You can get the T-shirt. You can find him at readaboutsex.com. Read R-E-I-D. Yes. Good call. And uh, on Twitter at readaboutsex. So, Reed, are you there? I am. Hello, everyone. Hello. Bienvenue. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> now, you don't have a full beard, right? Beard bobbles? Would you use beard bobbles? Do you have a beard? No, you don't have a beard. Do I have a beard? I, oh, I had one briefly. Um, I, I usually am kind of like scruffy. Um, yeah, was it I'm long like... enough to hang beard ornaments in it? Oh, no. Or no. use little well, clips? I guess, they actually have I clips. Maybe it, maybe it could have been. You I could did clip for, it onto for, the stubble. Yeah, right before... Um, uh, I do a, a business retreat for sex educators called Sex Geek Summer Camp, and I had grown out my beard before then because my partner Allison had asked me to grow it out. And so, um, this is a, this is a long, uh, this is a horrible way for your for your listeners <laughs> to, to meet me. But basically, short, short uh, long story short, um, I shaved it into mutton chops right before camp, and and everybody, I looked like some crazy British um, adventurer. <laughs> uh, from Lewis like the and 1800s. Clark. Yeah, exactly. It was it was horrible. It was a horrible idea and I eventually shaved it all off. So, well, most you, of the time, yes, I have no beard. You were memorable, I'm sure. 
Um, it was funny. Cult leader was- kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> come learn about sex. Come a little yes, closer. Yes. Come, come. <laughs> Going on an adventure. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hi everyone. <laughs> okay, so Reed, so you heard our yes. our our um, listeners are having a dilemma. It's interesting that everyone like wrote in at the same time, independently of each other, with this issue. Yeah, it's like how the- to get your partner to open up. I think this is a big challenge in life in general. <sighs> yeah. How do you? Um, I mean, some people would phrase it. How do you get someone to change? Right. I feel like a lot of people say it that way, which is like uh-huh. impossible. Well, and it's also a little bit of like putting it on them. Right. I think. You know, going, yeah. how do you get them to change? You go, well, that they have to believe that they have a problem first <laughs> to, to want to change, right? Um, you're basically telling them you have a problem, and, and that, that can be a bit of a put, a, put someone on the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, the, there's, there's certainly, you're allowed to have preferences. You're allowed to have, you know, to notice things that work for you and things that don't work for you. And the way that traditionally we're acculturated and and taught, you know, to have relationships, um, you know, we're not really ever taught on how to assess whether somebody's a good fit for us. And so a lot of people get into relationships and fall in love um, with people that they haven't really assessed if they're a good fit. So a lot of times what ends up happening is you end up getting into a relationship or a sexual relationship with somebody who ha- who has a lot of quirks or just natural ways for them to be that are not happy making for you. Um, and so that's when when I talk about dating your species um, and basically like relationship self-expression, like like what do you know about yourself that when you know things are present in the people that you date or partner with, things just work better. And, and do you do you go into relationships with your eyes wide open knowing that, hey, if you have this thing that you do or this way of being, that's a bottom line for me and we shouldn't start a relationship at all. Um, and so we but we're not given that kind of permission because, in, you know, three generations ago, four generations ago, if you met somebody who was just a nice person, didn't beat you and didn't drink away the family fortune, you stayed with them forever because that, you know, duration was the metric of success. So you never asked somebody to change. You just hoped that they were a good person. And then, you know, the way that you showed that you cared is that you put up with more. And that's not really a way to make, make, you know, people happy. Are you telling us not to have sex on the first date? (laughs) No, if I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> listen, if you know anything about my personal life, that's the absolute opposite of what I'm saying. Um, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that what's evolved, in my opinion, is figuring out what works for you and then dating people for whom that works also. Yeah. And being transparent about that. Which was a question yeah. of mine because it's like, well, at what point do you just acknowledge that you you're different you guys are different you're just different and there's really no salvaging this so just move on you know well yeah i mean how you how you decide whether you're going to continue a relationship or not i mean these are there's quick answers to this but if you really want to figure out for yourself like how to think about healthy relationships i mean i i have i can give people you know quick advice but i'd rather teach people how to think yeah. Because that's truly what sets people free. Um, but once you realize that you, you're you not broken, your partner's not broken, but you might not be a good fit, 
then you can actually start having a conversation about what a better fit would look like and whether where the two of you are out of alignment is really worth you know, transitioning the relationship over. Because sometimes there are things that, that, that you're like, I'm not thrilled about that. But when you actually look at everything else that you're trying to do and accomplish as a couple or as, you know, a triad or quad, if you're, you know, into open relationships and stuff, whatever that is, when you look at what the purpose is for staying together versus what's driving you crazy, sometimes those things that drive you crazy, you can change your perspective on it because the overall purpose of what you're trying to accomplish together is well worth putting up with, you know, A, B, and C because D through Z are all rocking. Right. Right. So I guess it really is a looking at like, I guess, how do we change our perspective? I mean, yeah. Well, can I say this? Okay. Let's say you're in a relationship, you want the relationship to work, but you know, you want to work on, on the A through D that maybe it's, it doesn't need to radically change, but how do we Mm -hmm. improve or how do you approach your partner and say, this is really important to me. Are you willing to meet me halfway, uh, in sex exploration? I mean, whatever that means, uh, you know, I think one of our listeners highlighted that, um, he felt his partner was coming from a, a place that really shamed her sexually at a young age and um, and really neutralized any sense of sensuality. Like, you know, don't explore your sexual. It's wrong. It's bad. Just forget it exists. Right. She had, there was a lot of like heavyweight yeah. stuff going and on. And as a result, I mean, my my feeling on it was, okay, maybe she hasn't really l- cultivated it or doesn't, under- doesn't even have a vocabulary for it. Um, that seems worth working on if she's open to it, right? Sure. Sure. And, and then how do you invite people? Like, so this is the thing. If, if, if we just assume that most people grew up in families or at least in a cultures where sex was regarded as, you know, for the most part as something negative, unless it was done within culturally prescribed, you know, the box of, of that culturally approved sex was supposed to happen in. Right? right. And that for a lot of people that's married straight, um, you know, missionary position for procreation only kind of thing. Also myths of like the penis went inside. I should orgasm. (laughs) Yeah. All, all the, all the things that, that have us as, you know, when we enter adulthood basically be kind of, you know, can I swear on your show? You can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, was, I was like, naughty. I didn't ask the question. This is <laughs> a like naughty Santa show. <laughs> you, 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 you arrive at adulthood kind of fucked up. Right. Yeah. And so to if, some degree. If you, if you want your partner to go down on you more because you love receiving oral sex, but your partner, quote unquote, hates oral sex. Well, so the a part of the conversation is, do they hate it because you know, culturally speaking, you know, there's a lot of negativity. Maybe they, there's an abuse situation from their past involved. And so that particular act is, you know, not fun for them for whatever reason, you know, when you, when you can deconstruct some of the like, well, you know, why, what's there that has you not like it versus when you do the deconstruction, you're like, Hey, I just don't like eating pussy or I don't like, you know, giving head when you realize that so many people have led such sheltered lives and have such negativism or have just been burnt in sexual relationships so many yeah, times, maybe judged or, yeah, or judged, felt humiliated, or shamed, 
you know, so how would you know if the things that you really like or don't like, you know, where did those those um, predilections come from? When you can start having that conversation, which is a pretty, you know, high level of self-awareness conversation, when you can start deconstructing that, what ends up happening is once you get over the little hump of, ah, I don't know all the answers, which none of us do. Right. Maybe admitting that. Yeah, that we're all just basically advanced beginners. When you can do that and get to that place, then all of a sudden what starts to happen is you can you can look at sex as an adventure and as a as, you know as truly an, an exploratory and co-creative endeavor and then you and your partner if you're in a relationship um you can kind of shake up the etch a sketch and and oh go together on the adventure of well let's discover what we really like if we remove all the cultural baggage what do we like and then it's then it's really about surrounding yourself with with high quality information, you know, not just Googling blowjob. Um, right. You know, because we get so much mixed messaging and bad messaging from, from porn um, because porn's an entertainment medium. It's not an education medium. Totally. I Can I say this made me think of actually some of my own little blocks. Like I've, it, when I'm honest, it makes me think about how, um, for example, like I'm, I'm, I feel like I enjoy oral sex from a man, like if he goes down on me, but I don't have to have it. Right. But when I first started having sex, I was very, um, like he has to go down on me first and then I'll give a blowjob because of this kind of cultural Idea stigma. Well, a fear of being, feeling used, taken advantage, yeah, taken advantage of because of these, you know, the way like, that our culture kind of, uh, encourages the man, the man yeah, or... to have pleasure and I so I almost became this like militant about it <laughs> which mm-hmm. is then filtering the experience right like you're not just going for it and doing right. what you want and I've had moments where I all of a sudden I want to go down on him but I'm like wait he hasn't done it yet <laughs> I'm not right. going to do it and that's just an idea right, right. Um, mm-hmm. so I've moved beyond that but I but I found that it really I was able to move beyond that when my partners were very generous and free and clearly not holding back in the same way and I'm going well if he can freely give than than mm-hmm. I can it's a safe space mm-hmm. to do that yeah and that's and that's actually huge because for me I lucked out so I wasn't always like this um I wasn't always a sex geek you know my mom and dad uh, for those for you know for people who haven't met me yet so like my x-men origin story of how I turned into this um is mm-hmm. really like you know growing up in a family where my mom and dad loved each other very very much my, they shared that special hug four times. You know, I had three brothers and I grew up watching two people, <laughs> you know, that we would catch making out in the kitchen and cuddling on the couch. They would eventually like their inability to communicate what they needed in their relationship. You know, all the bad communication skill sets they inherited from my grandparents um, would eventually warp their marriage. And my brothers and I watched two people who were madly in love become very mad Mm. at each other and my mom would eventually become an alcoholic my dad would would lie a lot about his business stuff because his business was failing and he didn't want to share that with the family and it just got weird they ended up living in their van for a couple of years it was just it was completely fucked up what that ended up doing though is it sent me on this trajectory of how do i find the things that they were missing so I didn't repeat right. the relationship mistakes I grew up around. And and that kind of geeking out on trying to find, you know, communication and intimacy skill sets 
spilled into my sexuality when I became sexually active in college because I had all these insecurities from having an emotionally abusive mom when she was drunk and a father that wasn't transparent about stuff. And so what it did was it created a perfect storm where I was hyper aware of all of my insecurities and, and could hear all the voices in my head that were, you know, chattering to me during sex. And luckily I dated a few women early on, had a few lovers early on who had their words and knew how to ask for what they wanted and were more than happy to share with me what they liked so that I got role modeled really early on. It was okay to talk about things and point out and ask for things that you liked while having sex. And that all combined eventually turned me into this person who was really, really motivated that other people didn't have to go through what I saw my mom and dad go through or what I went through in my early days sleeping with people. Mm. And then I happened to, to also be very promiscuous and I self-identify as a slut. <laughs> and so <laughs> combining, sl you know, sluttery with sex geekery, um, I'm a, a database. Kind of yeah. I was like, Oh my God, like I have all these experiences with all these different kinds of bodies and here's what I'm noticing seems to work with a lot of them. And now as somebody who professionally is a sex geek and, and has coached a, a lot of people around sex and relationships, and I've had a lot of people come to my workshops, uh, just the, the blessing of being successful um, and, and having a lot of that data is like I really like helping people realize part of the reason that the sex might be so frustrating or bad is the cultural bullshit we have to wade through. Then there's the most of us aren't aren't really even in touch with our bodies or know how to ask for what we want because we're not supposed to be talking in bed. Like we're all mimes right. and ninjas when it comes to sex. And then I've seen the, the blessing of what happens when you start to be able to talk about this stuff, start to learn your body and then start, you know, getting so enthusiastic about this stuff that it's contagious to your lovers and that, and that you, you spend time playing and exploring and adventuring in bed rather than enduring and trying to put up with and wishing it was different. Yeah, and I love what you said earlier too about, and it all comes together, uh, there's so much power in realizing that you don't you maybe you don't know everything and I think when it comes to sex I don't know why but it, it does seem pervasive that we all think we know totally what we're doing and that like our repertoire is that the end-all be-all <laughs> and so I think to me it's about really what you're saying like really looking at your beliefs and the cultural stuff and everything that you've picked up around sexuality and that I I, I just I feel like a lot of people think that oh, this is the way I am, and I either like it or I don't like it. But uh, there's so much power in further investigation, you know? And yeah. I just, and so mm -hmm. there's that. Well, and letting someone guide you, provided provided you trust them, you know, that they're listening. But just even acknowledging that uh, further investigation exists. It's not, I mean, yes, mm -hmm. it may just be about preferences, but really diving into those preferences of, uh, you know, just saying that you don't like oral sex or, you know, really looking into the whys. I ask why a million times a day. <laughs> it's so important. And, and that kind of curiosity and giving yourself permission to not have to know the answers. Um, right. And then when you start to understand, like, um, 
the idea that oh, I mean, this is also interesting, right? Like, like understanding that not every educator or teacher is the one for you. I mean, not everybody, you know, for the people who are drawn to my work, you know, I'm the golden retriever on espresso of sex education and I'm a, a big dork and, but not everybody wants, you know, to learn blowjob techniques from, a you know, 250 pound white guy who looks like he's always highly caffeinated uh, and has a penchant for swearing and using puppets. Like not everybody wants that. Um, but the idea of you're not broken if you're not drawn to certain information, you're allowed to like what you like and not like what you don't like. Because the, another thing that hap that's happening these days is, you know, this American, certainly in America, but this American overachievingness has, has seeped into the bedroom. Oh, so that no. like, yeah. So like if, if you're not having orgasms where you're squirting across the room and knocking over a lamp, somehow you're broken. Totally. And, you know, right. If, right. If, and this is where, and this is really tricky because, you know, most people, like the most common sex therapist and sex, you know, counselor question um, is, am I normal and am I broken? Those are the top two. Mm. And so when you realize that, that none of us are broken, um, the reason you might not like, you know, sexual act, you know, A, B, and C is for a lot of people it's just you've never been aroused enough to yeah. really to get to a place where your nervous system wants that particular thing um and and it would feel good and then this is for me um how much can i just give like too much information yes please okay, okay. i was gonna say more I just, of that i don't want to <laughs> no more of that that's audience. what this show is no, for no 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 yeah people so, are, so put here's it great, here, here's a great example um so for me as a as a self-identified, not even self-identified, but like I identify as a, as a white man. Um, and so I grew up in this culture having been, you know, the, the football captain of my high school team and stuff like men aren't supposed to like it in the ass because right. that's gay or whatever that right. is. Right. Um, and so then of course, as a geek, I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> let's gotta give it a go. You know, I'm like, I'm curious. You know, my, my girlfriend is giving me a blowjob and suck her finger in my butt. And that felt, you know, Amazing. kind of good. What was that? Right. So f upon further investigation, what I realized was, you know, and this is goes for butts in general. Most people's assholes don't experience penetration as being pleasurable until they're very aroused. Yeah, very, um, very aroused. And then things That's like you know, using using lube and things like that help. But. Um, when you start to understand your body and other people's bodies and how arousal happens and how that helps make sexual, you know, certain sexual acts um, much more pleasurable, you can kind of stack the functions and stack what you know uh, in a way where sex just becomes so much more fun and freeing. And then you still might not like it in the butt, mm -hmm. but you'll have you'll have a lot more. Um, sexual self-confidence because you'll realize, oh, I don't like that particular act because I just don't like it. Um, not you don't like it because every time you've ever tried it, you weren't aroused enough or right. there wasn't enough lube or it was the wrong position for your body because, you know, you have lower back issues or something like that. Totally. And I think um, that's happening a lot. Yeah. Well, I, you, I've just had a couple of experiences actually where it was just that. I, and I, 
had enough data to know that I wasn't aroused enough. And I've had to say, no, don't enter yet. <laughs> you know, as a woman, like, no, you can't, you know, I need more warm up. But can I just say, though, also that, I, you know, I know, like, arousal, you know, we're talking about the body and everything, but and arousal being in the body. But for me, my experience has been totally mental. Like my brain was just head. on overdrive and like analyzing and thinking and judging and this and that. And so for me, like, you know, shifting my presence from my mind into my body sensorially, is that a word? Yeah. Sensorially. Sens- sensorially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, really uh, totally shifted gears night and day for me sexually. So I, I'm always like the advocate of like, yes, it's not just about learning the mechanisms of the body. And although that's super important, but really also looking at what's going on in your mind, you know? Right. Like maybe oh. context. Can we take a mini break we have, yeah. and we're going to come right back and talk about like that brain context aspect. Uh, we're talking with Reed Mihalko. You can find him at readaboutsex.com. You can tweet him at readaboutsex. That's R-E-I-D. And you can win beard bobble ornaments from us <laughs> if you write a review on iTunes and then reach and then out to us via social media. Let us know that media. you did it. Yeah, let us know. We'll put it in the hat and uh, and we'll pull the drawing on the 10th when our when our show. Join uh, the conversation at TA Talk Sex on Twitter uh, or go to our blog. TATalkSex.com. There you go. It's all there. Uh, we'll be right back. It's the holidays and I hate it when I don't know what to get somebody. So T and I are helping you out with that. And we're, we got discount codes for our top two picks for the holiday season. So I picked We Would Watches. It's the only watch I've worn in the past five years. They plant a tree for every watch they sell. It's a unique gift that's perfect for men, women, teens, everybody. And the wood comes from refurbished wood. The discount code is capital, all caps, W-O-O-D. I love that watch too. Uh, Okay, my pick, T, is the AmmoAudio.com. So they're high-powered speakers like Jambox, but in a real ammo can. So it's a great gift for men who you don't know what the heck to buy them. Uh, They're made by U.S. veterans, made in the U.S. The code is capital S-E-X-10. So capital S, lowercase E-X, one zero. And uh, you can find all of that info on TATalkSex.com. there's a for ammoaudio.com it's a $10 discount and back to the show all right welcome back we're talking with Reed Mialco about how to get your partner interested in opening up sexually yeah and how to get uh, them to come along with you check out Reed's work at readaboutsex.com and on Twitter at readabout yeah sex read r-e-i-d and so we just left off where uh, I had said, I was just reminding, we don't even have to go into this. I was just like little, my little soapbox. Oh, of, we're going to go in. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, and it's going to feel I good. I know, I know it is about learning the mechanics of sex and speaking your mind, but I all, you know, it is, I, you know, calming the mind is important. Well, and this reminds me of important. Emily Nagoski's book when we, we interviewed her, but about, you know, context. And so basically what's happening in your life that's putting breaks on or, or cutting your desire. Um, I don't know, Reed, do you have thoughts on, you know, how do you, you like, know, get your partner I could to totally relax? Imagine, or, I could totally imagine this conversation happening at home where this guy's like, oh yeah, I heard on this podcast, honey, you're just, you're thinking about work too much and you're just overstressed and you know what? But honestly, I, I mean, it sounds bad because he's coming to her and sort of attacking her with what's wrong with her, problems. but, but that might honestly be the case. So how would you, 
how would you have a conversation with your partner about something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, okay. So, uh, okay. okay let's, let's, uh, sorry. Sorry. Have we framed you? I, no, 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 no. I'm just, I, there's a, there's a much larger, there's a larger context to talk about really quickly. And then we'll kind of, Please we'll, do. we'll like the 35,000 foot perspective and then we'll just zoom in. Okay. So, right. so, uh, so people, uh, the way that we're raised and, and the mythology in our culture about romantic love and lust and, and then the overachievingness that we already talked about that's seeping into the bedroom. Um, really, like, you know, four generations ago, it, if you were having sex at all, you know, after 10 years, that was a miracle. Like, and you, you know, you just kind of the sexless marriage was kind of the norm and then people had affairs or whatever they did. Um, and so when you think about like what we're learning about now with, <clears throat> with better brain scans and, and imaging technologies, um, there've been some really interesting and geeky and fun studies that have shown that the brain centers in the brain that are, that are active when people are in love and in that lusty place, um, <laughs> those are the same brain centers that are active when you're addicted to cocaine. Ooh, that feels about right. Yeah. And so this is why you have friends that, you know, they meet somebody, you know, at some weekend retreat and then, you know, they rent the U-Haul the next week and then they move in because they're basically they're dating their dealer um, when it comes to being high on cocaine. What? I've flown to another country after meeting them. Exactly. And, and oh, no, it's nothing, fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. It's it's just understand you are completely stoned and you should not be making major life decisions right. because you're high. Exactly. Now, the other thing that we've been learning is that the, those highs last for most people anywhere between six months to six years. And that those highs start to wear off over time. And and there's this kind of swap of the lust that gets replaced with this kind of security kind of love. I would say six and, years is a success, <laughs> but well, wow. Good enough to have a exactly. kid. Exactly, and, and this and is where, you know, the mythology, the mythology of the seven-year itch, and, and okay. you know, then there's, the, you know, kind of conversations about, well, why is it that, you know, three to six-year period for a lot of people, and what does it have to do with child-rearing? Like, I'm not really, I mean, we can debate Yeah, I'm not why. here to answer that. Yeah, but mostly what I'm going to say is that this is a common thing and what's really interesting about this is if we know that the chemical desire is going to wane um, and you want to stay with people long term, even if it's if you're you know, if you're a slut like me and you just want to have lots of friends who are lovers and you want to have them be friends and lovers for 10, 15, 20 years or whatever that is, um, understanding that the lust dissipating is normal and then really what what sex becomes about is what do you like and what turns you on? Like when you don't have the fake chemistry turn on of lust, of the cocaine, what in sex and intimacy and eroticism gives you the natural high because you like it? Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, most people were never really given permission to like what they like when it comes to sex and most people never given the tools to explore what it is they like and how they like it best. So, you know, whether it's oral sex or anal sex or, or, you know, cuddling with a lot of dry humping and making out, like whatever those things are for you that turn you on, 
do you know what they are and do you know how to find them? Right. Beyond just the chemical high. Yeah. Hmm. Because when you're when you're high on the cocaine of, of love and lust, like everything's fine. You know, it's like it doesn't matter. But like, you know, if you like fingers and being penetrated with fingers, well, how exactly do you like that? And and does your partner know how to get you off because you've you've taught them how to. And so we, we come up across, again, like across all these cultural blocks that we're not supposed to be talking about sex, that, you know, a real man is just supposed to know. Um, and then a lot of us go and we turn to porn to, to, to find out, you know, how to, how to, you know, finger, you know, hand fuck somebody. But the challenge is that, you know, you don't see any of the negotiation that happens in porn because porn needs to be entertaining. Right. And so they, they edit out everything and you get a bad, a lot of bad role modeling. Plus, you know, the porn performers that I know who are my friends, they're like circus Olay performers and sexual Olympians. They train. Yeah. So, you know, we get this mixed messaging that, you know, the pizza delivery guy shows up and then I'm just supposed to be finger banging you right away. And most vulvas, if you know anything about vulvas, don't react well to immediate penetration. Right. Rough and vigorously right off the bat. No, definitely. But her fake, stroking. her fake orgasming mm-hmm. will educate differently. Um, so so it sounds like what you're saying, you know, in reference to the married couple or long term relationship thing is your 35,000 perspective is uh, that maybe you're suggesting give yourselves the opportunity to uh, dig in and explore and really discover what really turns you on. If there's, you know, not. And and when you find things that don't turn you on, that's a win as well. You're not broken if you don't like deep throating or if you don't like, I mean, cause like, like let's use deep throating as an example. Um, Like as a geek, like teaching people how to turn off your gag reflex that's easy. Like that's a neurological thing. And with a little bit of practice, almost everybody can learn how to turn off their gag reflex so that you could deep throat something. It doesn't mean you're going to like it. Um, but you know, learning how to do that is actually easy to learn. Um, but you can't learn it from watching porn. You have to have somebody teach it to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, trying to learn how to be a better lover from watching porn is like trying to you know, learn how to be a better driver from watching the Fast and the Furious. Right. Like it's a bad <laughs> idea. But the difference is we know we're not supposed to be picking up driving cues from watching the Fast and the Furious. But everybody, especially um, visual learners, were picking up cues from watching porn. And porn is the easiest thing to find around sexuality, right. you know, when you have the Internet now. Um, and so you can get all these mixed messages and, and I mean, for me as a geek, it's like, it's why I create courses. It's why I create programs. It's why I teach workshops. I love helping people realize, oh, so this is, you know, here's a different way to look at and think about sex so that you can feel more empowered. And then what happens is when you start feeling more empowered and curious because sex all of a sudden becomes less scary, then you and your lovers can go off on these adventures of fact finding and, and sex exploration and that in itself doing things new and kind of like having a teamwork approach to geeking out on sex that alone can revitalize the bonding and the connection um, and right. the intimacy that people have in their sex. And then when you do find things that really rock your world, you and your partner can can 
anchor those things so that when you do want me to hand fuck you, I know how you like to be hand fucked. Right. Okay. So two things come up for me. Uh, so where, if it's not porn that people are going to, what then do they search? I mean, they can go to your website and you have tutorials and classes and whatnot, but if like, are you accessible all over the world or like what what topic would they google you know or how do they know that they're on the right track or uh, like getting porn like misinformation yeah well i mean so it's so it's things like 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 checking out you know like listening to your podcast is uh, is already a step in the right direction right because you know ideally not every podcast is going to be spot on but if you start thinking of you know, for you two, like you're the curators of good information and you're doing your due diligence to find good content and good people. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, so you can use that kind of networking, you know, so like for me, like my, my premier sex geek course for people that's online is called sex 10 X. So people can go to sex 10 X, um, or actually, you can, you, actually, I'll I'll create a link for your show so people can go to readaboutsex.com forward slash ta talk sex, um, and then that, that'll I'll just put stuff that we talk about in this podcast on that page for people to go and um, and geek out on. But like, so my sex 10x online course um, would be one of those examples uh, of a course that I mean I would recommend because I'm a geek and I I created the course. But then. <laughs> But that's but what, sex number 10X or yeah, like, sex number 10 like X. 10X. Okay. Yeah. So, so for people who want to go, um, you know, check out sex 10X. So the website for sex 10X is sex 10X online.com, but they can go to the resource page. But like the thing that I would do is like, if you don't like the way that I teach, ask me who else to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask because for the referral. For, because for me, I'm I'm also a networking geek and I want to like I like I teach a, a workshop called Rough Sex for Nice Folks to help people, you know, deal with, you know, like the 50 shades of gray phenomenon, like they're not kinky, mm-hmm. but their partner wants them to to spank them or fuck them really hard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so like it's like this is, how, this is how you understand quote unquote rough sex and how I approach it. But if you really into like if you want to if your partner wants you to be tied up or something like I'll point you at who I think are the good educators for that kind of thing. Um, So so using other educators to network and find people that you resonate with, that's that's what I would recommend. And if there's educators who are like, I am the only one only study with me. Mm -hmm. That's a really good sign that that's not the right person. Yeah, because I think that's fucked up. Right. can't all have the answers. Um, and so I think people who are kind of like in that guru position of, you know, I am the only answer, I would just be suspect of those people. Um, I think that's, I think that's weird because then you're kind of promoting that it's like, there's only one way to have sex. And I think that's fucked up. It's egomaniac. There's a lot. Okay. So in this trouble in the first place. Can I, so read, if we take the magnifying glass now and we go back to that specific scenario where the married couple is sitting there and he's going, all right, how do I, broach the subject with my partner can we do like a little i don't know um role play yeah (laughs) role play let's put him on the spot is that too on the spot no that's fine i like role play yeah i'm can i i don't know i'll be the wife no you do it you want me to so so are we a couple now is this this yeah a couple triad (laughs) 
Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, a good number of years, we have a young child, maybe. Okay, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and so now I'm trying to get you interested in this, or you're going to... Yeah, she doesn't want sex. I'm not super, Or, like, she's not... It's not important to me. I don't think it's actually a big... Uh, yeah, I don't understand why it's And, like, so maybe there's something you want to explore, like, with her. Like, maybe it's anal or deep throating or, or even just oral even, sex. That's even a bit or extreme. Just yeah, even, like, more simpler. oral sex. Like, he well, wants, so, he, you want more blowjobs. And she just hates well, him. And, and I will say this. I do have a lot of men who come to me and they're, like, uh, they're very, very, they're frustrated and desperate because for whatever reason they're not having sex with their partner. They want to be having sex with their partner. And, and they're, they're generally really sensitive guys. And they're just like, listen, like, I know we just had a kid or we just had twins or she's, you know, got a work promotion and yada, yada, yada. But like, we haven't had sex in two years and I'm starting to have thoughts of straying and I really don't want to, can you help me? Mm. Um, so that is, that is a common experience and it's not just men. I mean, there's the female right. side of it too. Sure. Um, I've experienced it a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, so I just want to, I just want to prep for, for your audience that, that even though we're role playing, like this is something that I have a lot of people come to me with questions of. Well, are these, um, is this a different topic though? No, I, what do you mean? This well, is I mean, having like get getting to someone to have sex versus get someone to open up sexually no, and no, explore something with range. you is different. No, a, it's the whole range. If this is the bare bottom, how do you get them to have sex? I think is the same is like the, is the beginnings of how you approach it at any level. I don't know. I feel like it's a separate issue. Like if we're, if we're having sex, but our sex is just the same thing and it's no, it's like the same thing all the time, which I'm fine with. And my partner's like, well, no, no, no. let's do this. I'm let's sorry. Our listener, one of them was saying, oh, she's you, not are, into it. Don't be mad at me. I'm well, just I'm sorry. I feel like we're cutting off. He's about I, to do I, a great role play. Okay. Sorry. I think, do the, I role think play. the answer, the answer is, is for my advice is going to be the same almost for both. Okay, great, perfect. <laughs> okay, good question. I'm sorry. I get. I get. I just okay. to no, it was satisfy a good all needs. Point. So, um, so the other, I'm just taking <laughs> notes uh, from my resource page. Okay. Um, so the other, I'm going to open up with a thing that I call the difficult conversation formula. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I have a, I have a download, a worksheet download on that. Um, so basically, what I'd be like is I'd be like, like honey, um, I want to have a, a, a conversation with you that might be a little bit difficult. Is now a good time to have that? Like, do you have bandwidth for that? Right. Are you exhausted from your job or should we wait till Saturday morning? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to have a conversation with you about, you know, some relationship stuff. And I, I would like you to, you know, have bandwidth for it is now a good time. Okay. Oh, I'm role playing. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now okay. is good. I just finished awesome. the dishes. Kids are in bed. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so yeah, first off, I just want to say um, thank you. Thanks for doing the dishes and all the things that you do to make our life easier. That's nice. Um, I have something I've been thinking about and I, and I haven't told you immediately because I just needed to get some clarity on it. Um, what I'm, what's having me hesitate having this conversation with you is I'm afraid that, um, that maybe the conversation won't go well. I'm afraid that I'll pick the wrong time and you won't have the bandwidth. And so then this will turn into an argument and then we're just going to, you know, be angry at each other and overtaxed as it is. And I'm afraid that, you know, my worst case scenario is that it goes horribly wrong and then that you leave me and you take the kids. Oh, my God. What, I, what, is, the, what, what I, is it that you want to talk about? <laughs> what I'd like to have happen is I'd like for us to be able to have any conversation ever and have it go well. 
even if it's a difficult one, I want you to know that I love you and that I really want and believe in our relationship. And I want us to have our relationship, even when times are tough, to be the thing that we can lean back on and know that we've got each other. Are you going transgender? And the thing I want to talk to you about that's been hard for me that I need to be to think about is I'm I want to explore our sex life more um, because I love having sex with you and I'm feeling disconnected from you. And, you know, one of the things I was really excited about being an adult in an adult relationship is is not having to feel ashamed and, and being able to enjoy each other's bodies. And I would like more of that in our life. And so I want to have a conversation about how we can have more of that. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Um, it's, it's hard for me to know how to, how to approach it. Cause I'm, I don't know. I, I don't really have the desire right now. I think where I am in, in my life. So I, you know, I don't want it to feel like work. Mm-hmm. Like it should, well, I'm, should be something I, that we enjoy. Yeah, I, I'm interested in coming up with ways for it to be fun and not a job. Um, and I would like for us, even if we're not having a lot of desire, to be intimate and affectionate and, and be able to create pleasure for each other in low-impact ways um, just so that we feel nourished and nurtured by each other. And, and it's not like you and I are doing anything wrong. Like, like I'm not blaming you. I'm just noticing that, like, I'm, I'm feeling uh, hungry and starved. And I'm not starving, but, like, I want to be with you more. And I'm really committed to finding fun ways and playful ways. And I know it's going to be tough because we have a kid and, and we have to schedule. But, like, I, I would be willing to take on some of that heavy lifting so that you and I could be more playful together. Hmm. Okay, can we role play pause? <laughs> um, no, no, this is amazing. So, so then my thought is, you know, the person who's approaching the conversation, you, sir, the, you know, the spouse, um, you know, you're, all, you're asking for more of that low impact affection. Would this be a good evening to maybe offer her a massage or something that, you know, like you kind of making the first move since it's something that you want to instigate? Kind of like showing her how. I mean, do you recommend that? Yeah, read? yeah, you totally recommend it. And and this is where um, there's some really geeky, interesting stuff about relationships and intimacy that doesn't have anything to do with doesn't have to have anything to do with sex. Um, that you can start like drizzling into this kind of situation. But the main thing would be like, listen, like I know you're stressed. Um, I want to give you a massage. Um, and you know, what I would recommend as a coach is those first couple of massages. Like it's not about the, you know, remember like in college, if you went to college, it was like, Hey, come over let me give you a massage. Right, right, right. You know, and, and massages were like the old version of, you know, come over and let's, let's Netflix and chill. Yeah. Um, but really like geeking out with each other as a couple and exploring massage and non non quote unquote sex kinds of um, affection. Right. Like not really, maybe driving at sex through the massage. Like maybe the first massage is. Yeah. Because what, what ends yeah, up happening part. is what ends up happening is there's, there's a couple of things that are, that are going on. People 
for the most part, don't know how to get into their bodies from super stressful situations. So if you're, if you're on overdrive because you, you know, there's a lot of stress at your job or you're sleep deprived because you just had a kid, like all these things, basically your, your brain is in its, um, uh, fight and flight mode and your body has a lot of cortisol and most people don't know how to de-stress properly or quickly because they don't practice it. And so if you've, if you've never had a meditation practice um, or you, know, you don't know how to pair exercise um, and relax with relaxation, like you don't know how to de-stress and you don't know how to get back into your body, most sex wouldn't feel fun. And, and when you're in a state of fight and flight um, in your sympathetic nervous system, it's really hard to feel desire. You can't be in touch with your desire because that's a parasympathetic nervous system situation. Um, so you just don't get turned on because you're so stressed. Things like massage not only can bring a couple closer together because we're exchanging affection. I'm getting to get some giving and receiving touch needs met, but you're using massage as a way to start de-stressing and getting, helping your lovers get into their bodies while getting their touch needs met so they're not so touch starved. So many people get their touch needs, try to get their touch needs met from sex. And, and if you look at the national average that, you know, sexual uh, liaisons, I think are somewhere between three and six minutes is the national average. Wow. You, I don't even most, know that's people, possible. most people need 10 to 20 minutes Right. To, to get Touch. into their bodies. Yeah. And so, you know, learning how to do massage or exchanging massages with each other or just giving your partner massage mm -hmm. can help start to practice for each other ways to get into your body and to and to de-stress so that you can start to get in touch with your um, with your desire and your pleasure again. And let me just jump in. Can, let me just jump yeah. in and say that. Um, uh, one thing that I think is really important here, not just with massage, but I think with any physical intimacy, like I did sensual massage for four years. And one of like the key, key thing that I discovered in a, in giving and receiving um, or rather failed attempts at people giving <laughs> is I feel like 95% of the people that touch me touch is really about intention. And so I think when you approach someone I most of the time when I've got guys who are horny who are approaching me, whether it's my partner or whether it was professionally, this is, you know, a couple years ago, um, like I could feel their needs sexually so much like their arousal and really they weren't touching me. I could sense even though they were saying they wanted like to relax you. me or they wanted to help me or make me feel better. I just knew I could feel it. I could just feel maybe I'm more sensitive than the average person, but you, you can feel it. So I feel like intention is really important and you really have to, as a man, this might be even more harder because the arousal can be really intense, but to you, like there really needs to be putting that aside and really thinking about your partner. Maybe plan on masturbating in the bathroom after the massage. Honestly, <laughs> well, I'm not the first time. To that. Yeah, no, just the first no, time. But here, here I'll give an even, even get of an upgrade. Um, cause the other thing that's happening is because, um, we don't, we aren't taught how to think about sex and eroticism. Most people have a very limited idea of what sex can look like. And so rather than masturbating in the bathroom, 
um, if you're really aroused and you want to have an orgasm, um, ask like after the massage, you can be like, you know, honey, I, I, I want to masturbate. Would you be interested in holding me while I, while I jerk off or while I bust off? That's great. If they can get through the massage, I'm just saying like when a guy's, when the massage is happening, it's like, I'm not even not relaxed at all. And I feel robbed because it's like, well, F you. <laughs> like I don't want to at the end of it I don't feel connected or generous mm-hmm. in any way because I feel like the guy's just using um it, it is almost not usually it's like he's not getting off but it's I I just know that right, it's right, not like, really for me it's just well my point was just s- having that in mind of like this first massage you're trying to engage with her really turn off your brain from coming at it like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this into sex or that mm-hmm. it's about your needs. But no, period, I, I love whatever. that idea too, though. Of, Even because the need to connect or anything. No, no, but Reed, what Reed is saying too, I love that idea of, like I had a lot of fear around that in a, in the beginning and now with partners I can masturbate in front of them, but like, or they call it masturbating, but touch myself. But um, I think that there is a real bond in that too because it shows you being vulnerable to your partner who's been, you know, maybe resisting that vulnerability. Uh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. That's great. Well, I'm just and, saying, and, yeah. And here's other other things like like, so... So with with my primary partner Allison, um, you know, like I'll be in work mode and and she'll come over and be like, hey, you know, I want to, you know, I'm gonna go masturbate. Do you want to come hold me? I would really like for you to hold me. Um, and really, you know, what was happening was she knew that I was in a place where I kind of needed to stay in the headspace that I was in. I wasn't, you know, and she would ask me, she's like, do you want to go fuck? And I'm like, well, I'm not really in that headspace. And then for her to get clear on, well, what's she actually needing? Does she need penetration right now? And really what she wanted was she wanted to feel pleasure, have an orgasm and have me and feel connected to me. So eventually we figured out, she's like, well, how about if I just buzz off while you hold me? I'm like, awesome. Because I could go do that. It would be like a little quickie. I could still stay in the work mode I was in in a certain way and then jump back into work. Well, you know, as fate would have it, me holding her while she's having all this pleasure, (laughs) you know, 70, 80 percent of the time after, you know, a couple of minutes, I'm like, well, you know, I'm kind of changing my mind. Right. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, eventually I'm like, honey, did were you? tricking me into having (laughs) sex and she's like maybe (laughs) Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't completely it wasn't like you know lying and 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 tricking but the idea of when you figure out what your needs are there's a lot more crayons in the crayon box of what intimacy and feeling connected and pleasure can be and when there's less pressure to have to do anything one particular way you'd be surprised how how and it's not every time it happens but how people open up and this kind of starts to to get back to that question of like how do you get your partners to open up well you just don't you want if can you remove the pressure and can you bring curiosity um and creativity into the scene rather than it being an either or situation can it be a yes and and again when we go back to most people have so many so few crayons in the crayon box um, you know, your partner's asking for a blowjob. Well, if you don't like blowjobs, but you, you become amazing at hand jobs the way they like it, then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I don't really need your mouth on me. I would like you to do things to my genitals 
and that job with coconut oil goes a long way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but just you know, can you just put your face near my cock while you jerk me off? Because I just want to look at your face and my cock at the same time. Like right. it's so funny when you really start deconstructing what you're looking for, and how to make it more fun, which means you have the tools to remove or lessen the shame and the blame and the guilt and the inadequacies that we have around sex. Yeah. You know, and psychologically speaking, we know that when people feel more confident about things, they there's the confidence competence loop. You know, when you mm -hmm. start to feel more confident, you there's an up in confidence, and and when you feel more confident, there's an up in competence, and it's this loop that feeds on itself. But if no one's ever taught you how to how to give a really great hand job, and you've never had a partner who felt like they could speak up and tell you what they wanted. You're just not magically born with the ability to give great hand jobs, but when you when you learn how to how to give great hand jobs, and then you don't suffer from blame and guilt and shame, so that you can encourage your partner to speak up and tell you what they like. When you start pairing those things, and then you know you can rock your partner's world, that confidence competency mm -hmm. loop also helps us tap into our desire. Because if you feel completely inadequate about certain things, how would you feel desire around that, those? You'd just be trapped in your head yeah, and kicking right. yourself out of your body all the time. So how would you ever enjoy giving a hand job if you're always worried if you weren't doing it the right way? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And you know, what you're saying actually helps because one of my, one of my, when I was reflecting back on this throughout my life, one of my um, obstacles the, to opening up or doing something new has been sort of this like conflict of like well I just I just I like sex the way I like it and know it and I know I know that I can let go and relax in this way but if I like taking the time out to do something new or try something new it's going to be awkward and there's this like science lab sort of feel to it where it's like I'm mm -hmm. not actually going to be letting go and and like having you know whatever being able to let go and go on that ride i'm going to be having to like I, learn about it and it's well, so it's i like, have thoughts on this yeah great <laughs> can i can i do mini anecdote yeah, yeah, in, i had in. a partner who basically the first time we had sex we had ended up being a stalemate this is just like fun story i basically right. were having sex and i said well i want it this way and he's like i promise like trust me i'm going to show you this new thing and i kept going why i know how my body works and he's like but i just want to show you this new thing and then and we did and then i was like it's not working this feels like an anatomical exam i was like i was like stop i was like, or i didn't say stop i said it just feel i said it feels like i met the gynecologist and he's like okay and then I and I was like I'm not I said I want you to orgasm I'm not gonna orgasm and then he said well I'm not gonna orgasm if you're not orgasming and I was like fine we can go to sleep and he's like fine we'll just go to sleep <laughs> Sounds awful, T. no it was it was and it was like this it was the first time that ever happened and it was like this train wreck of like we had so much chemistry and we were so hovered I'm like what just happened we have what well, we, we ended up having a very long affair. We had amazing, intense sex. One time it was like, anyway, I hit new peaks of highs, you know, sexual highs. So the answer was that I was patient and we started listening to each other more and letting right. each other try these different things. Yeah, no, I know. I hear, and it I was hear very you. funny. It is funny. But I, but, oh, I guess I'm just saying like in the moment of when my partner's like, hey, let's do this or let's try, let's like make it a night and try it on. Like, I just, I just want to like have fun and not be in the science lab but i but yeah but hearing read well, on yeah, it. i know so, i know so. so so here's my solution to to that or my suggestion um and again like this is this is i'm i want to preface everything i've been saying with 
you know, take what's useful and then just chuck the rest. Like you're not broken if there's a bit of advice that I'm giving that doesn't resonate for you because that's just reinforcing the the I'm broken, I'm not normal paradigm. And really, you know, go out and search for great advice. Take absorb what's useful, as Bruce Lee and Dan Insanto used to say, and and then just chuck the rest. Um, my suggestion with that situation is thinking about there's different kinds of of sex in these categories of there's like, you know, research and development night, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, you know, sex That's lab, fun. <laughs> sex lab as, as Jaya likes to call them where you actually say, Hey, you know, like, you know, I, I'm geeking out on this podcast or I heard this thing or I read this book. Um, I want to try this thing. You know, can we have a sex lab date? You know, can we have a research and development night? Um, and so you build the context that, you're you're getting together to geek out on stuff which has a very particular kind of tone and flavor to it and then there's other nights or other dates where you're like hey i just want to i just want to jam like can we just can we just fuck or whatever you want to call those get it done like can we can we just have i want to knock boots this is what i'm interested in doing you know and and maybe it's your your pull out all the favorites nights, the greatest hits thing. (laughs) thing that you like when I do with my tongue, I'm doing that. And then, you know, here's what we're going to do. And you're just going to riff and play with each other with the things that you know, and just have fun. Right. Other kinds of, of sex that, that, you know, couples don't really talk about. And I mean, culture doesn't really talk about them is that you can have these kind of dates where this is really about healing and nurturing um, and this is where, you know, geeking out with educators who provide kind of hands-on healing sessions can be really useful. Not that you need to be the therapist or the healer for your relationship, but knowing that if you need a really good, you know, hand-fucking where you can cry and just let it all out, <laughs> you know, just really kind of de-stress – that's a very kind of different sex than just knocking boots. Right. Um, And so building that in as a context, like, Hey, like I really just need some nurturing. Maybe it'll be sexual. Maybe it won't. Um, And that is huge for men to be able to ask from their partners too. um, Because we don't think we're allowed to, to have sensual contact and cry or let our emotions come out. Um, so that and then the other the other, you know, reductively speaking, you know, the fourth category is quickie sex, which oh, is I know, can't say I right, go ahead. Yeah, but I haven't like, had a lot of great quickies. I love quickies. Of, <laughs> when you really start to geek out about quickies and you start to realize that that thing that I do with my tongue works really well for you and it works really well if I'm texting you at work with all the dirty talk that you like to hear so that when you get home and we have right. that 15 minutes before junior comes back from soccer practice, I'm going to rock your freaking world. <laughs> Cause and your mind's I already like aroused. <laughs> you know, so it's like, like you, there's ways to think about quickies that when you know how you like your quickies and how your partner likes your quickies, then you can create a win-win. Right. Cool. And, and, seize, and seize those moments. But because most people have never really, 
worked on any of that stuff and they wouldn't know what works for them or what works for their partners and they're already paralyzed from insecurities and fear and feelings of inadequacy like you'd never have any of those moments but we did that wonderful role play so that everyone knows how to start broaching but i loved read the way that you emphasized like explain your you know what i mean like opening up that uh you know like i don't want to get in a fight i'm really looking for a vulnerable conversation these are my fears and then that allows that person to soften like me just hearing you do that made me relax into it and not want to not want to be defensive it was like okay i'm listening so that was great we're actually there's so much to talk about and um this has been so helpful and i think it's a great starting point for our listeners um we're gonna tie a little bow on this holiday episode any last (laughs) words reed (laughs) um no i mean i just i really just want to encourage people that um if you feel like you're suffering around your sex or your intimacy um if you're in a relationship, um, you're not broken. This is happening to a lot of people and there are resources. If, if there's anything I can do to help, please let me help. Um, for single people who are like, well, this doesn't apply to me because I don't even have somebody to have sex with. Um, learning how to be better at sex and how to talk about sex unabashedly um, will help your dating life and, and will just help you feel, because some people it's not even about dating, like they just want to stay single. Um, yeah. I think taking those areas that you feel or the culturally speaking are really f- filled with a lot of fear and negativism and mastering being able to talk and feel confident about those things. I think that just makes you a better person in general mm-hmm. and you can take on the world in more empowered ways. Um, so, again, like everything that I'm saying isn't just for people who uh, who are already in a partnership. I think it applies to single folks as well. Mm, well um, agree, and yeah. again, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, please reach out to me. Um, I try to return emails as quickly as I can. I teach all over the country. Um, I've got a lot of online, you know, support type courses and programs. So please, you know, use me as a resource. And again, if I if if my style is not the right style for you, ask me, um, reach out to me, see if I can refer you to somebody who who's a, a fit for you. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Reed, so much. You can find Reed's work at readaboutsex.com. That's R-E-I-D. Um, you can find him on Twitter at read about sex as well. And yep. all the resources that we talked about, uh, Reed's going to put on a resource page that's readaboutsex.com slash TA talk sex. So you can find everything that we talked about there. Specifically about this. Yeah. Um, all right. Friendly reminder for our beard bubble ornament uh, contest. contest. Write a review on iTunes by de- 12 p.m. Pacific, December 9th. We'll do and a drawing. Yeah, let us know that you did it via social media or email, whatever. Go to our site, tatalksex.com. The info will be there as well. Um, thank you to Beard Bobble Ornaments USA on Etsy for making this happen. Um, check out their other Beard Bobble Ornaments. Yeah, they like even all, have a Hanukkah variety. Long, I mean, football, they basically... There's all kinds. Yeah, there's they cover kinds. all the holidays. And they even... Anyway, they're hilarious. And <laughs> then also, don't forget to check out also on our website um, the discount codes for the items that we mentioned during the break. Oh, yes. All right. (laughs) You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. And I'm A.